We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. We're drafting rounds one through nine in a fictional fantasy football players championship draft on Rotoviz Radio. What's up, Rotoviz? Welcome to the Fantasy Football Podcast on Rotoviz Radio. I'm Curtis Patrick, joined by Dave Cabin. As always, we're picking up where we left off earlier this week using Dave's draft dashboard draft paths tool. So if you haven't been on rotoviz.com uh, in the past week or so to check out that updated tool, make sure you do it. And if you're jumping into this episode and you're like, "What, Curtis, what are you talking about? Go to our last podcast episode. We do go over what the tool uh, offers. We're not going to rehash all of uh, that in this episode. But after we talked about what the tool can do for you and how to leverage it, Dave and I started a reverse engineering a fantasy football players championship draft exercise. And we drafted up from the, the back end of a draft through round 10. And tonight we're going to draft round nine up through round one. So the single digit rounds of this uh, potential draft. This is very timely because as the training camp starts, Dave, and we start to see you know, injuries, potential free agent visits, um, getting all the updates about who's running with the first team, second team, et cetera, thinking about what positions are available to you in certain rounds of the draft and, and those pockets and tiers of players that you like. If, if you are trying to end the draft by getting the players you like the most, from a sleeper perspective or positional value perspective, when we get to the top of the draft and more of the players are good and there are fewer holes in the draft, it becomes more, I guess, comforting and calm and, and less stressful to execute those first, you know, nine rounds. So why don't you run us through what we did in the back half of the draft? And again, as we mentioned the players, you know, that's fine. You may or may not agree with where we took some of these players and maybe some of these players are not on your board. But thinking about which positions we took and where uh, will set you up to follow along perfectly with the rest of the episode. Yeah, I think that's a, a good framing. So, Curtis, I'm going to hit the drop to officially bring us into the content here. Let's go. Okay, the players that we've already selected, and again, we're, we're working through that process of building this team backwards to the first couple of picks. Joshua Kelly... 
Don't okay, let's, let's do this. Yep. Let's do this just to make sure that pe- people that aren't going to go back and listen to the prior episode, uh, at least get a little bit of value of the, the back half of this draft. You say the name and I'll give like a five to 10 second statement on why we took the player. All right. Yeah, that sounds good. Our last pick, which would have been the first one we made was Josh yeah. Kelly running back Los Angeles chargers. Okay, the, the premise here is Kellen Moore, new offensive coordinator for the Los Angeles Chargers, going to run at a faster pace. We think even more touchdowns. And Kellen Moore has a history of using a two-back system. Austin Eckler's getting a little uh, longer in the tooth. So Josh Kelly, 100-plus carries, uh, maybe some hidden touchdown upside. Sure. Next pick was Donovan Peoples-Jones, of course, wide receiver for the Cleveland Browns. No worse than wide receiver three on the Cleveland Browns and Deshaun Watson's first at full year with the franchise and potentially the wide receiver two. All right. Kyler Murray, Arizona now, Cardinals. Kyler <laughs> has now been placed on the pup uh, since yep. we did this exercise. Yep. But the, the thought here is that, you know, without the injury, you know, Kyler is a top eight round pick. We're taking him at the very end as our QB two. Um, and so, you know, there's, there's just asymmetric up, uh, upside anytime you take a, a player like Kyler Murray in the third to last round of the draft. For sure. All right. Um, Jake Ferguson, uh, the tight end for the Cowboys. Yeah. Um, so Jake Ferguson, year two potential breakout candidate. This is a tight end premium format because we are playing along with the fantasy pros fantasy uh, players championship on FFPC. So tight end premium, we want some depth at the position. And uh, with Dalton Schultz out of town in Dallas, Jake Ferguson is currently slotted in as the presumed starter. Gus Edwards from the Ravens. This is a Dave Cabin special. Uh, (laughs) J.K. Dobbins health is potentially in question as he's not currently in camp. Is he, you know... Is he playing games with the Ravens or does he actually have an injury? Uh, Nonetheless, I mean, the Ravens offense figures to take a step forward. We've heard from basically every media outlet that Lamar Jackson is going to run less. So Gus Edwards has some, you know, potential stream ability. Van Jefferson, who we've talked about a lot, got onto this team. Yeah. Wide receiver two for the Los Angeles Rams, healthy Matt Stafford, healthy Cooper cup, a rising tide lifts all boats. Van Jefferson is one of those boats. Jeff Wilson, one of the running backs in the Miami backfield. Consistently healthier than Raheem Mostert. Bigger back, less susceptible to lose touches to Devon Chain uh, than Raheem Mostert, even if a chain earns some attention. Uh, so, yeah, we like Jeff Wilson's single week upside every week. All right. Adam Thielen the veteran for the Carolina Panthers. By far the most talented wide receiver currently on the Carolina Panthers roster. We expect Bryce Young to lean heavily on him, at least in the first half of the year, and might be a really sneaky discount on a quite productive player. We might have to talk about one of those comments at some point. Uh, Rondale Moore, the wide, one of the options for uh, our previously picked Kyler Murray. Yeah, so the, the idea here was that it was a cheap, Arizona Cardinals stack potentially for the the latter half of the season. Rondé Moore looked really good uh, when healthy last season and playing with with Kyler Murray um, and with uh, DeAndre Hopkins out of town. You know that number two spot could be potentially valuable on a team that's going to be playing from behind quite a bit. Yep. And then Tyler Higby was the last pick we made before we signed off uh, earlier in the week. 
Yeah, Higby, this was a pivotal pick for us here uh, in a worst case scenario where we would have missed out on tight end in rounds one through nine. Higby could have been our tight end one and we would have felt okay with it. But in the tight end premium format, the idea here is he's probably going to be our tight end two and he would also be flex worthy. Again, this is a lineup setting league, not a best ball team. So, you know, Higby is a, a nice player that could get us through some bye weeks at tight end or even, you know, in other flex desperation plays. Sure. So that takes us to the current point where we would be. Now, keep in mind that uh, we are going to continue this idea of reverse engineering, but now we're kind of in a slightly different spot where we know how the back half of things are built out. And uh, it's a little bit easier now to think about who are the players earlier on in the draft that are really going to anchor your team going to be and what makes sense. Uh, one of the things that stands out first and foremost to me, Curtis, is we have Kyler Murray, who is going to be kind of our backup quarterback, at least in the beginning of the season. So one of the things we are going to have to think about is where that quarterback comes from for us. Now, you have guys at this point in the draft like Dak Prescott and Deshaun Watson, Trevor Lawrence, Anthony Richardson, players like that that would be available for us in the next couple of picks. Um, at this point, the running backs in this specific pick would be guys like Khalil Herbert, a chain, Jamal Williams, uh, Damian Harris, wide receivers, Jamison Williams, Rashad Bateman, Zay Flowers, Sky Moore. We have two tight ends. so We probably don't have to look to that position um, in this spot there, but you would have Dalton Schultz and Dalton Kincaid. Yeah, I don't see Schultz as an upgrade over Higby per se. Yep. And Kincaid could maybe be a late season hammer, but agree if we're going to get a third tight end here in the single digit rounds, it's going to be somebody that has a, a clearer path to, you know, maybe top six tight end upside. So, you know, here, you know, the Cowboys are talking about not passing quite as much, you know, this year. We don't want to pair Anthony Richardson with Kyler Murray because he may not even start early in the season. And this is not a tier of running back on a lineup setting league that I'm super excited about. None of these guys in uh, uh, Herbert, a chain Williams or Harris is, is even the presumed one on his team. So I really go to the wide receiver position here and, you know, I'm, I'm looking primarily at Zay flowers and sky Moore. Uh, Zay flowers, uh, you know, Baltimore's talked a lot about, you know, passing the ball more. He's been, the consistently most available player in camp uh, for the Ravens so far. And like all the reports are really great. Sky Moore, of course, we have the Kadarius Tony uh, injury now that opens it up for Sky Moore to potentially be the unquestioned uh, slot player. You know, Juju was pretty uh, productive in, you know, the wide receiver one, I guess, pseudo wide receiver one role there uh, last year, albeit not, you know, necessarily having elite upside. So, I would lean towards Zay Flowers or Sky Moore here at the wide receiver position. Dave, do you have a lean? I I, th I like Zay Flowers. Um, and oh. one of the things that we talked about last episode was how with some of these players that we have at the wide receiver position later on in this draft that we feel pretty good about contributing, we could take the swing on some of these younger players that could really be the breakout high upside type of guys. Of this group, to me, Zay Flowers looks the most well-positioned to be that based upon not only his situation, but also the talent that I think he possesses. So to me, it's pretty easy to uh, slate in Zay Flowers. All right, so that's our round nine pick here. Uh, let's go up to round eight. We see Deshaun Watson 
enter the picture and then we'd be way ahead of ADP on Dak Prescott here. And we've already, you know, passed on him later. It wouldn't make sense to take him earlier. Um, we've got, uh, Zach, uh, Charbonnet, Samaja Pirine, AJ Dillon and Rashad Penny at running back. And then at wide receiver, Elijah Moore, Gabe Davis, Quentin Johnston, Michael Thomas, and then at tight end, David Njoku, and then uh, Chigi Aquanquo. Um, I, you know, this is a spot where if we didn't want to pay up at, for QB1, Deshaun Watson would make some sense. We do have Donovan Peoples-Jones that we would be able to, you know, start, uh, you know, for that correlation play uh, at times uh, with Deshaun. But I don't know, Dave your thoughts on Deshaun, does he have enough upside uh, to warrant drafting him here? Or do you like, you know, maybe going up into that round four or five range and focusing on a position player here? Yeah. So one of the things that's going to inform the answer to that question for me is kind of thinking about um, the opportunity to cost at the other positions of going with one of those other quarterbacks earlier on. Now, keep in mind, this is a redraft league. So though we have determined in recent years, especially that there is some utility to having one of these higher end passers that might not be as strong uh, as it would be in a straight up best ball league. Um, as I look, though, at some of the other positions and the level of player that you have at this point, Curtis, I'm not too jazzed up about most of the options here. Um, which does make me feel a little more inclined to go after Watson. Uh, but to kind of answer your question about my thoughts on Watson, I don't think that in a high range of outcomes, we see him getting up into a territory where he's kind of approaching that elite uh, production that we're going to see from probably guys like Justin Fields, Justin Herbert on upware or what you would expect. Um, so I actually am kind of inclined to forego going at quarterback for this pick. And I think that um, there are a couple of wide receivers that we could maybe talk about. Uh, the other option here would potentially be going with one of the the running backs. Now there's Rashad Penny there who you historically have liked. As you mentioned, we have uh, Charbonnet in Seattle. Um, I'm going to pause there though and, let, and kind of get a little bit more of, of the, what's going on in your mind. Yeah. I mean, I think Watson could be in that QB two, like the, the second tier of QBs. He's not going to encroach on Mahomes yep. uh, or Hertz, um, but, or, or Josh Allen, but below, I mean, I think he could go as high if, if he returns to what he was doing in the late 20 teens, um, you know, like that 2019 season, I think it was with Houston. I mean, there's no reason he couldn't be a top five QB. I mean, I think the Browns are going to be pretty good. They've got a stellar offensive line. Um, they've continued to invest at, uh, you know, positions surrounding him to put him in a position to succeed. So um, I do think there's a little bit of upside here, but I would agree it feels a little bit flat after that. Um, maybe after the Justin Fields, Justin Herbert pick. So maybe it's just Watson and Lawrence kind of in no man's land there. Right. Uh, between everyone. The, the, the issue is, you know, I look at the position players by ADP in this draft paths tool. You know, I don't want Seattle's, you know, RB2. You know, I don't want Green Bay's RB2. And, you know, I don't, I don't, 
Philly's RB1 I'd be excited about, but you know, we don't know if it's going to be DeAndre Swift or Rashad Penny. And we know that that Jalen Hurts isn't going to throw uh to the backs too much. So I mean, I think Penny does have the ability to to really impress, but you know, on this team where we only have Josh Kelly and Jeff Wilson building up from the back, I'm just not so sure that any of these running backs really give us kind of that anchor at RB1 that we're looking for. Right. And I'm not so sure that any of them are a marked improvement on uh, or upgrade on Jeff Wilson. So at least early in the season. So I'm really leaning towards Deshaun Watson because we know we're going to have to spend at least one early pick, earlier pick on a running back. Probably two of our top uh, seven picks would be on a running back. And if we also want to prioritize a higher end tight end one, we're starting to box ourselves out of taking an elite QB the way that we've built this up from the back. And again, we're doing this draft from the the 107 position. So we don't have access to every player in every round. You know, this tool is actually asking us to select from the four most likely players to be available at ADP drafting from either the seventh or sixth slot in each round in a snake draft. So all of those things being said and not having access to every player, you know, I would have liked Quentin Johnston potentially in this round, but we just took Zay Flowers and we already have some depth at wide receiver. So I lean towards Deshaun Watson. Yeah. So actually that's where I ended up kind of going back to as I, as I looked at things a little bit more, um, you know, the wide receivers are okay, but I think that um, when you think about the guys that are ahead and then the way the quarterback situation could unfold, like you mentioned in comparison to the other positions, it just makes sense to go ahead here and add Watson. And the other thing that we also could kind of add finally into that thought is knowing that we're going to have Kyler Murray later on. And then as we mentioned, if you miss on Murray, uh, we could still get Matthew Stafford, who we also think has some upside. Um, you know, by the end of the year, we could to have, pre- have two pretty solid, exciting options that we can choose from each week. Yeah, well said. So let's go to round seven now. This would be picked 79 from our draft slot. And uh, once you run down, who's available? Sure. So at running back, you have players like Javante Williams, James Cook, Alvin Kamara, Antonio Gibson. Wide receivers are uh, Dotson, Pickens, uh, JSN, Jordan Addison. Uh, Tight ends would be the Evan Ingrams and Pat Fryermuths of the world. Okay. So this is a spot where, you know, Ingram and Fryermuth, this would be somewhat of a, I mean, they're expected to be available, but we wouldn't be reaching on either one of them. So now we're starting to get into the range a little bit where I could see in particular Ingram being an upgrade over Higby. If we wanted to yep. to anchor him as our tight end one and, and view Higby as more of a flex play and backup tight end. Um, but I also do like some of the running backs in this range as our RB two uh, with upside to be RB ones. So I'm not really particularly interested in Alvin Kamara we know Antonio Gibson is going to have like the third down back and change of pace back role uh, for the commanders. And we do really like Antonio Gibson. He's got a 200 PPR season to his name, but we also see Javante Williams and James Cook, you know, James Cook being the presumed RB one in the Buffalo offense. And then Javante Williams, you know, I mean, these Sean Payton systems have been super kind uh, two running backs. And he just is way more talented than Piran, who was available, you know, in the previous round. And I mean, he was out there practicing on the first day of practice, Dave. I know. So he may, he may he may get off to a slow start, but 
you know, if the Broncos take a big step forward, which we've been betting on in our best ball teams uh, quite a bit here, particularly in the passing game, Williams has kind of that, you know, I, to, to me, him hitting, you know, would really transform this team. So I, I like the idea of Javante Williams or James Cook here uh, in, in, in this round because it, it still represents waiting a bit to get our, our RB2 but we're still getting quite a bit of upside um, with that selection. And honestly, I'm even open to Gibson. I just wouldn't want Camara. So do you have a lean of those three guys? So this one's, it's very tricky. Um, I think that the players I focus most on here are James Cook and Javante Williams. So that leaves, uh, you know, Antonio Gibson out of the equation. Now there is a strong upside case to be made for Williams I personally have been pretty drawn to James Cook uh, because I expect that this year we're going to see not only that increase um, in workload for him, but I also think there's just going to be a lot of quality opportunity for Cook. Um, And yes, it's great that Williams has, um, you know, already been able to practice. You still have a couple of things hanging out, you know, maybe of like questions about the injury in your mind. I might not be quite as high on the possibility of Denver turning things around this year um, to the point where if I'm comparing the two, I am a little bit more drawn to cook. Uh, But the final thing I'll say here is with the way that this team has been structured, I do want to get a little bit more firepower in there at wide receiver, which is one of the reasons I'd be going with the running backs here to leave us some room for the receivers earlier in the draft later in the yes. way we're doing it S- same mind there um so yeah i i'm definitely on board with cook let's go with james cook here um probably will be our rb2 on this team we'll just have to see what's available in the rounds before this uh maybe he ends up being our rb3 right and then uh, so just yeah. to just to run it down again so that would give us james cook jeff wilson gus edwards and josh kelly at this point at running back so You know, I don't think we're going to end up with a plethora of backs on this team, but I will say uh, for the running back stable coming together, um, I actually kind of like that grouping a lot. So anyway, you have the players that would be available at our 66th pick or the 66th pick in the draft, which would be our sixth pick. Yep. Our Trevor Lawrence to Sean Watson. Uh, running backs, you have DJ uh, DeAndre Swift, Dalvin Cook, James Conner, David Montgomery, wide receivers, Ayuk, uh, Traylon Burks, Mike Evans, Michael Pittman, and uh, the same tight ends, uh, Evan Ingram and Pat Fryermuth, um, would have been available at that round as well, kind of highlighting that you do have this range uh, where if you were inclined to try and go get Engram, you could actually hold off a little bit. You know, sometimes by ADP, he's the highest ranked tight end uh, in round five, but you can actually hold off until round eight even sometimes. Yeah. So I, I do like Ingram and looking at where we're drafting in the middle of the rounds. I mean, I just don't, I don't know that on this team, like if I'm going all the way up to that second round, that we're going to have access to Mark Andrews or TJ Hawkinson. I mean, yep. Hawkinson would certainly be there, but Andrews does not always last there. And I'm not like, I don't think in this format uh, with this build, the way that it's been going, that I'm going to be super in on George Kittle or Kyle Pitts for this team either. Mm-hmm. So I am a little bit drawn to Evan Ingram here. I think the Jags take 
another step forward and, and Lawrence continues his ascension. The Jags just committed in a big way with dollars to Ingram uh, for the next uh, handful of years. And, you know, they've got him locked in now. So I, I like wide receiver or tight end here. I would like Ingram over Fryermuth, I think. Right. Um, and at wide receiver, I, I think that we can hit the combination of of youth and upside um, with Brandon Ayuk here uh, or, or even potentially Michael Pittman if you want to bet on Anthony Richardson being a hit. Um, but I lean a little bit more toward uh, Brandon Ayuk. Yeah, I do too. Um, I think that's where I would go. Now, the one thing... We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Um, that would have been interesting if we had decided that we wanted to go tight end, you know, you potentially could have flipped that James cook pick into, um, one of those earlier running backs, uh, which again comes from the fact that if you're kind of going through this exercise with this draft path tool, or you're thinking through it some other way, uh, you're just going to realize all of these different configurations that you can do while still covering the bases that you want. So we will lock in. Brandon Ayuk. Now, at this point, our wide receivers. Just to remind well, well, before, everybody, before we lock, before we lock him in, I just want to talk about what's going to happen in those first five rounds, uh, because that might help us break this tie between Ayuk and Evan Ingram. Um, we know we're not going to take another quarterback. We're going to take at least one running back in those first five rounds, but that still leaves four available picks. Um, we already talked about not loving the values on Kittle or Pitts. So unless we're going to take a swing on Hawkinson in round three or presume that Mark Andrews will be available to us with the sixth pick of the second round, this is the spot where we would take a tight end if we want to commit all of the rest of the picks to the running back and wide receiver positions. So I don't see us taking more than two running backs with those remaining five picks. So knowing that we would have three wide receivers in those first five rounds, to me, that's putting me a little bit more on Ingram than IU here, because I think we're going to get even more upside from the wide receiver position in, in rounds one through five. Can I float out one possibility here? 
And sure. it would be tricky because it would kind of lock you into one player. Uh, would you have interest instead going with uh, Dallas Goddard, the pick before, as opposed to Engram and getting him in there and in the mix at tight end for us? I mean, I don't mind it. Um, they're both, neither one of them is the the number one option and, and probably not even the number two option on their teams. But, you know, we think both of those offenses are pretty great. Um, you know, so, so now that's where you really start looking at, okay, it's the opportunity cost thing again. Yep. So do I like Goddard more than Chris Godwin, Deontay Johnson, Christian Kirk, and Mike Williams, or Cam Akers, Alexander Madison, Miles Sanders, and Damian Pierce? I mean, in, in round five, I quite like uh, Cam Akers. I like Deontay Johnson. I like Mike Williams. I think I'm excited about all those players to a higher degree than I am about Ayuk. So even though straight up, I would listen to arguments of Goddard over Ingram. We're going to be paying more for that and then maybe giving up more at other positions, at, at least in my opinion. Yeah, no, I think that makes sense. Um, so with all of that in mind now, that means that with the pick here that I had potentially tried to lock in with Ayuk, we're actually shifting and going Evan Ingram, correct? Yeah, yeah, I think I think so, just because of what's available before it. Sure. It, the other thing here, too... Um, just in case any of our listeners have not played FFPC before, we're we're in the mindset here too. This is also a tight end premium scoring league, yes, uh, which is going to make tight ends more viable um, in this league, and the possibility of playing them two per week, you know, much more of a possibility than it would be in other leagues. So, quarterbacks at this point with the round five pick for us would be guys like Justin Fields, Justin Herbert. Uh, running backs are, as you said, Curtis Akers, Madison, Sanders, Pierce, wide receivers, Godwin, Johnson, Kirk, and Williams. Um, it sounds like you... And we're really we're really just honing in on backs and receivers for right. these final five rounds. Right. I mean, we're, we're not going to take a third quarterback. And, we're pro and, and in a managed league, we're not going to take a fourth tight end. Right. Um, so, you know, I, I, I like Cam Akers... Um, to have a, a potentially, you know, pretty big bell cow role, um, you know, for, for the Rams, it's debatable how good the Rams will be. Um, but we're, we're a year further removed from acres injury troubles, but I, I mean, I like the wide receivers here. I mean, Deontay Johnson, if he just added some touchdowns, to what he did last year would have been a pretty, uh, awesome player. I, I, I like him there. I don't particularly want to go with Christian Kirk and Evan Ingram on a team where we don't have Trevor Lawrence. Um, while I recognize Chris Godwin's talents, not really too happy about putting Buck, you know, a lot of weight on the Buccaneers this year. I just don't really know what to think about that team. Mike Williams, I'm also excited about. I mean, I, I like that Chargers offense. Um, and with where we're drafting, um, we're going to have access to both Mike Williams and Keenan Allen. So I would like to get one of those two players to have access to that Chargers attack. Um, but if we wanted to opt for Allen in round three, I'd be fine with maybe going with Akers or Deontay Johnson in this round. So I, I, I'm pretty flexible between back and receiver because of the quality. So I'll narrow it down, Dave, to Akers, Deontay Johnson, and Mike Williams. Do you have a lean? Well, the, the first thing I have to say here, too, is I chuckled talking about this Chargers offense because the amount of back and forth that you and I have had in <laughs> Slack messages yeah. about Keenan Allen this year has been at an all-time high. Um, well, let me, let me qualify it sure. uh, because 
Allen in the eight healthy games he played from week 11 to week 18 last year, I mean, he was super elite, super elite. I mean, we're talking, you know, trending almost at 10 targets a game. I mean, yes, he's getting a little bit older, but the Chargers are going to play even faster. I mean, I think, you know, a healthy Keenan Allen is going to have over 150 targets this year over 110 catches and probably a, a, a deeper depth of target than we've seen from him in quite some time. I mean, I really think even though he's 31, I think Keenan Allen could be headed for like a career year. So, I, you know, this is the same type of conviction I had on Cooper Cup a couple of years ago when he was a league winner. And I mean, I don't think Keenan Allen has overall wide receiver one upside, but I think he has top six wide receiver upside and he's not being treated that way. So that that's what that's why we've been having all of that back and forth, Dave. Um, but again, you know, there's other there's plenty of other players to like in that in that third round, including you know potentially some of the running backs. So if we don't if we'd rather go with Williams um, here as the Chargers option, or if we want to go with Deontay Johnson or Cam Akers to give us the flexibility to to maybe take. Allen in the third round. I'm also quite fine with that. Yeah. So I actually in this build, um, if we're going to get one of the chargers receivers here, I would rather get Allen. Um, and I think as far as the other running backs here, um, I'd prefer to add somebody of a slightly higher caliber than where I think that acres or Madison, for example, are this year. So I actually would, would go here, uh, with Deontay Johnson. Um, as you mentioned, um, you know, I, I just feel like there's a very strong chance that he outplays what we saw last year. It's just going to take a couple of touchdowns. Uh, We're getting him in round five here. I think he makes sense in this wide receiver grouping. All right, man, just four rounds left. Um, And we're going to either go with three wide receivers and a back or potentially two and two um, here. We've got a a pretty balanced roster and we have some flexibility to do with uh, these next four picks, what we want at running back in the fourth round. Uh, and again, picking from that 107 slot, we're talking about pick 406. Aaron Jones, Kenneth Walker, J.K. Dobbins, Cam Akers. Again, Cam Akers a little bit ahead of ADP in this spot. And then a wide receiver, Christian Watson, DeAndre Hopkins, Drake London. I mean, I know that he's not in camp right now. I I, I love J.K. Dobbins uh, in this slot as potentially the RB one on this team, or maybe even a strong RB two. Um, also, okay. If we want to take a, a, another swing at upside at wide receiver, you know, I, I think there's cases to be made for, you know, in particular Christian Watson here. So um, those would be my two preferences here, unless you want to make an argument for the the veteran and Aaron Jones at the running back position. I do not want to do that. Uh, there's one thing to keep in mind that we do have Gus Edwards later on. So I'm not sure uh, how we would feel then about Dobbins um, in this structure. Of course, it would be easy to go with Dobbins and then sub Gus Edwards out, you know, um, sure. later on and make the changes later. Um, no, knowing knowing in this reverse engineering exercise that we ended up getting Dobbins, you know, I, I think that's the value of the exercise. It's like, you know, sure. I, mean, you know, I think even when we were doing that episode the other night, you know, we had talked about, uh, you know, did we want to go? Um, I'm trying to remember which other back it was uh, in that uh, in that range. Oh, it was Raheem. We ended up with um, with Jeff Wilson around earlier, but in that in that two or three round 
set, we had been talking about Edwards and Van Jefferson, but would we have rather have gone with like Alec Pierce or um, Isaiah Hodgins in the round where we took Gus Edwards and then taking Raheem Mostert the round earlier? Right. I mean, if we reverse engineer or reverse engineer, <laughs> maybe, <laughs> maybe that's what we would have ended up doing. Yep. But I also think, I mean, it's not the end of the world. I mean, we don't strongly advocate for handcuffing and best ball, but in redraft, I mean, the opportunity cost of drafting Gus Edwards in like the 15th round or wherever we took him. I mean, we, we're not giving a lot up. And if, if Dobbins does for some reason end up not available at the beginning of the season, you've got Edwards as the RB one, and then you can send them to the, you know, the curb, you know, when Dobbins become available here. So sure. I, I don't think for the sake of the exercise that we should limit ourselves and from taking Dobbins. If we think he's the best pick here. I actually think too, that, um, and I don't know how much talk there still is out there about handcuffs and all of that, but I think that um, if I think back to like 10 years when I started listening in and like get garnering um, opinions from like sites and different stuff like that, handcuffing yeah. was a pretty big topic. We live in a very different running back environment now where there's many teams where with the current fantasy landscape, two running backs are both fantasy viable options. Um, yeah. And at this point, I think that, Baltimore is one of the teams where if you're looking for a backfield that could support two backs that are going to both be fantasy viable, um, you know, they're probably one of the teams that's up there. And I think that it's even not outside of the range of possibility um, that there could actually be utility in having the two of them on the roster this year. Sure. You know, maybe with some teams, I'd be less inclined to have that. But I like, like you said, I don't think that's the end of the world if we have that built into this roster. So Let's actually go ahead then, Curtis, and go with Dobbins. Okay, yeah, I, I like that. Um, I think he has enough upside that if we wanted him to be our RB1 on this team and we want to start wide receiver times three here, we can. Um, but we also have enough upside and depth at wide receiver that if we want to really have a more balanced build, um, we could still take a, a running back within those first three rounds. I mean, if we look at those two positions now, and again, we've been building from the back uh, to the, the to the front. At running back, we've got J.K. Dobbins, James Cook, uh, Jeff Wilson, Gus Edwards, and Joshua Kelly. And then at wide receiver, we've currently got Deontay Johnson, Zay Flowers, Rondale Moore, Adam Thielen, Van Jefferson, and Donovan Beeples-Jones. I mean, we've got a lot of volume and a, a mm -hmm. nice mixture of I mean, it's honestly mostly a younger wide receiver group, uh, save for uh, Thielen. And then you kind of have some, you know, uh, I, I guess more true mid-career guys in Deontay Johnson and, and uh, DPJ. But in round three here at those positions, we've got Najee Harris, Jameer Gibbs, Travis Etienne, and Joe Mixon. And at wide receiver, we've got DK Metcalf, Keenan Allen, Calvin Ridley, and Amari Cooper, I mean, I feel like we almost have to take Allen after we talked about him we do, yeah. so much, but you know, we do, you know, I, from the one seven, I, I think some of the running backs available to us in the first and second round are pretty appealing. Mm -hmm. So the idea of taking Allen in round three here and, and maybe getting the, the swing on a running back in round one or two, um, because we think Allen has so much upside, you know, I, I, I like that. So um, if you want to make a case, I, I think the case is at running back would be either for Jameer Gibbs or Joe Mixon, right? Uh, primarily with a lean toward, you know, Mixon from my perspective. Um, but you know, Keenan Allen is probably, you know, my pick here in this spot. Yeah. So I actually would, the way that I would do this here is I would be planning on 
on Keenan Allen um, with the idea that I do think that there might be a fairly sizable difference in the percentage of outcomes that things go better for a running back here of the caliber of Pollard, Henry, or Jacobs versus the Harris, Gibbs, ETN, Mixon type of grouping. Um, And then at wide receiver, I do think that I prefer um, to try to have a shot here with somebody like a Tyreek Hill or an AJ Brown, a Diggs or a Lamb um, than like a Smith or an Olave or a Higgins who who we've talked a lot about too. So I think I'd probably be planning on trying to get Pollard, Henry or Jacob, some, you know, someone in that ilk, um, which would then make the Keenan Allen pick here uh, make, make sense. Okay. So we'll take Keenan Allen there. Uh, we know that he's going to be our wide receiver too, because we're not going to start running back, running back. We go up to the second round. So we're talking pick 206, Tony Pollard, Derek Henry, Josh Jacobs, Ramondre Stevenson, um, with all except for Pollard being pretty far ahead of ADP, at least in the drafts that you know Dave and I have been doing so far. And a wide receiver, um, kind of the at ADP pick here would be Jalen Waddle. Um, you know, who is electric, who could take a step forward sure. and could smooth, smooth. We could see things really start to smooth out between him and Tyreek Hill, uh, this year. I think that's, you know, I think Sean, uh, Siegel particularly, uh, is thinking maybe that something like that could happen. Devonte Smith, Chris Olave, T Higgins, all, you know, ahead of ADP in a way that we probably wouldn't be comfortable with at the reach. Now that we're to this spot. You know, it's interesting to think, you know, hey, if Mark Andrews had been available, would we have wanted that instead of uh, Evan Ingram? You know, but I, I I, like, you know, Tony Pollard, and I even like Derrick Henry. Um, but I think if you think about everything that the teams have going for them, where the players are in their career, the relative skill sets, whatever, you know, we've been Tony Pollard fans forever, man. And, I, I mean, I've got a soft spot for this guy even before, you know, in his rookie year but yes. before we yes. saw anything from him i mean my my tweets were all over you know uh espn i mean we had you know field and and matthew highlighting pollard because of you know kind of the swiss army knife skill set that he had now he's finally got the chance to to have it all to himself i don't know how we can pass on it here knowing what you said about you know the wide receivers in the first round that the cat the, the only caveat would be if we felt such conviction on Bijan Robinson in round one that we felt like we had to go with him, you know, then we could cut, we could go Bijan Waddle, I think would be the first configuration. Or if we take Pollard in round two, then in round one, we're taking, you know, probably Tyreek or Diggs uh, of those four would be my picks. Um, and I think they're both beautiful combinations. So, you know, you can't really go wrong, but, but, but I do think, you know, with Tyreek and Diggs, you get, into that potential, you know, top three, top two, maybe even overall wide receiver one, mm-hmm. if things just bounce just the right way um, in a way that we probably don't see for, for Waddle. So I, I think I like Pollard here. And then one of those uh, veteran wide receivers around one. So the couple of notes that I would have on Pollard here uh, are that when I worked through um, my process of doing the team level projections, and as I mentioned, you know, there's, there's some issues with just looking at where you end up. But from working through that process, man, I feel really good about Tony Pollard. From looking at some of the other output across the suite of tools that we have, 
Tony Pollard is a player that I'm really excited about this year and a guy that I have been going ahead sometimes and drafting ahead of ADP uh, just to make sure that I end up with a higher percentage of him than I might just expect based upon always taking him at ADP. So I really like the Tony Pollard pick there. Then I think that Tyreek Hill has a pretty decent chance this year of actually being the overall wide receiver one outside of outside of you know justin jefferson but i still think you know it's it's i really think it's in play um so i you know i I would go wide receiver three or four right yeah so like i i would love that start of tyreek hill tony pollard if hill goes off the board um you know Diggs, even even lamb or brown i think are fine to uh pivot to there and then and then hammer back uh, again with Pollard there as our second pick. So if we did that, Curtis, a reverse engineered squad from pick seven would be Tyreek Hill, Tony Pollard, Keenan Allen, J.K. Dobbins, Deontay Johnson, Evan Ingram, James Cook, Deshaun Watson, Zay Flowers, Tyler Higby, Rondale Moore, Adam Thielen, Jeff Wilson, Van Jefferson, Gus Edwards, Jake Ferguson. Kyler Murray, Donovan Peoples-Jones, and Josh Kelly. Yeah, I'd be happy to manage this team. I mean, I I, I quite like it. Um, it seems like when we do our high-stakes drafts together, we more commonly end up with picks, you know, within the first three or back three of each round. Yes. So, you know, we're more typically drafting, you know, like an avalanche of wide receivers at the beginning and an avalanche of running backs at the end just because of, you know, the way that ADP works out, but you know, one nice thing that's, you know, drafting in the middle, it, it gives you access to every position and every round. Um, and when you think about the draft from backwards to front uh, in the way that we've just done it, it, it shows you, you know, the utility, the exercise, but also the types of teams that you can build. And, you know, this is just one iteration, but the draft paths option within Dave Cabin's draft dashboard on rotoviz.com um, you know, you can do this type of exercise yourself. You can actually, even within the tool, you can mock draft against ADP and you can change the settings on the mock draft computer to be more aggressive towards quarterback, yep. uh, running back, wide receiver, tight end. You know, perhaps for FFPC, you want to put a little bit more weight on the computer towards the tight end position, make things a little more difficult on yourself. I mean, this is really a great tool. Um, to practice for drafts, even if you're not going to use the draft dashboard within your draft, it's a great exercise to practice your draft strategy and and see how you know likely you know different potential outcomes are. So you know I've really enjoyed this exercise, Dave. Uh, it's given me a renewed sense of appreciation uh, for this tool. I've spent a lot of time in it the last couple days, and um, yeah, I can't wait to use it. Uh, when we draft our first FPC team, uh, and of course our shared main event team, uh, as we do each year. So definitely want the listeners to check out the draft dashboard on rotaviz.com. And it is a reminder, I mean, in terms of redraft, we're talking a lot of best ball, but in terms of redraft, you know, we really point people towards these high stakes contests uh, at FFPC. You know, Rotoviz has a long, proud history of finishing well in these tournaments, in particular uh, the FFPC main event where. Uh, in recent years, myself, Blair Andrews, and Sean Siegel have all had very high finishing teams. I know Sean and I, I think, tied for 13th uh, in 2021. He and Blair also had a, a top 30 team or two. I think I had uh, a top 15 in years. football guys last year, too, which I, I 
top funny, 15 from Dave. I, last which year. I think that the funny part of that, Curtis, I don't think I ever mentioned on here. I thought that this team did not have the legs to make the run in the playoffs. And like, I wasn't even like really checking in. And then I realized, <laughs> oh, oh no, <laughs> I realized at the end, I was like, oh my gosh, this team smoked things uh, towards the end. So anyways, just uh, so, not, not to interject there, but uh, yeah, no, I'm glad, I'm glad, I'm glad that I'm glad that you brought it up. So, I mean, you know, again, we've got the experience in this format um, across the board, across the ownership uh, squad here. And so, you know, not only are we just, you know, using our tools here and you know, we feel we've, we've earned the credibility by our track record here uh, to talk about these FFPC games. So go to myffpc.com, check out their high stakes redraft offerings, including the, the, the all new for 2023 fantasy pros football players championship, and also the main event record purses for uh, each of those contests. And you can bet that Dave and I will be chasing both of them. And one more note to add here, uh, cause I did get a question on it where you find these draft paths in the dashboard. Mm. When you first open it up um, underneath kind of like the main interface, there's a little button that says jump to draft paths. That's going to be under the recently drafted section. If you click on that, it will shift you down to the first draft path table, uh, which is the one that's showing you at each pick uh, by ADP, which players are likely to be there or the top players at each position. And then underneath that is where I have some pre-populated paths that you could follow. Uh, so based upon your ADP and where, um, and where you're picking, you know, you can look at that and get a sense of, of some of the different flavors of teams that you could put together. Curtis, you'd had a very strong close. I had to interject that, but uh, we will close <laughs> on that note and look forward to seeing everybody next week. Thank you for listening to the Rotoviz Fantasy Football Show. Send us questions at rvffshow at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter at DaveCabinFF and at CPatrickNFL. Leave us a voicemail at 978-615-9214 and make sure to rate, review, and subscribe. your dream home with American Family Insurance. And you can weather any storm. You'll also save up to 25% by bundling home, auto, and life. American Family Insurance. Get a quote. Find an agent at amfam.com. Products not available in every state. Discounts may not apply to all coverages on an auto or home policy. Discounts do not apply to life insurance policies. Visit AmFam.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating companies, American Family Life Insurance Company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin.